0: let me say good morning to those who are online and welcome to our third session of survey uh, of the book of acts and and today um the assignment was to read chapter one um we for the past few weeks we've been looking at the introduction and we've been um coming to an understanding of the real purpose of why luke uh wrote the book of acts um we see it um right there in scripture. And so we are, we were talking about how other authors or other writers would, would emphasize or highlight other topics such as speaking in tongues or giving of, of the church or, or the Holy Spirit or um, Paul's missionary work. They'll, they'll highlight those um, topics as being the primary, but we're taking a different approach um, in this book and looking at uh, topics that are not really addressed a lot in, in, um, in uh, scholars' writings as far as looking at um, uh, God's continuing saving purposes uh, for his people. That's one main um, primary topic that we will look, that we are looking at when it comes to the book of Acts. And the, the second primary topic that we talked about last week was suffering. Um, and so, uh, that is one, that is one, uh, topic that you will see throughout the book of Acts, um, is suffering. And, uh, one thing that confused the Jews is that, um, if, if uh, Why are we experiencing all this suffering if Jesus is supposed to come back and to establish uh, the kingdom? And so they thought that Jesus was going to come back in their day and to establish the kingdom uh, and for them to be back in their in their promised land. Um, but um, so Luke is given um, emphasis of the viewpoint of how the Jews are looking at Living between the times, so you're coming out of the old covenant, starting the new. Um, and so they're they um, so we're now we're looking at this transitional period that Luke is writing about um, about thirty years of, of transitioning that that uh, I'm sorry that uh, Luke yeah, that Luke is writing about. Um, he's writing about um, how they were coming out of the their old customs and old uh, traditions and coming into the new. And so that's, that's something that we are, we are looking at today, um, talking about living between the times, looking at um, now, since Jesus has ascended, um, what does this look like for this new, this new covenant church, um, the, the, uh, the, the, yeah, the new covenant church? What does that look like for them and the time between his ascension and him coming back? what does that mean? And so um, that's what we're gonna kind of look at today. So are there any questions from last week or um, comments from last week or anything from your reading today? All right, just wanna make sure I afforded you the the opportunity to ask some questions or comments. Um, But of course, anytime during this lesson here, you can always um, jump in and ask a question or give a comment uh, concerning this lesson here. So let me go ahead and um, share my screen with you all.
1: It's lesson four, lesson three. All
0: right. Um, all right. So today we are um, looking at the uh, living between the times, the kingdom of God. And remember that these PowerPoints are in the Dropbox so you can download and, and follow along. If, you, if anytime you have any problems accessing the documents, um, you could definitely um, hit me up and I'll try to guide you through as best best way as I, as I can. Um, and so today we are going to, um, the lesson objectives today, my allergies are acting up, I'm so sorry, you guys. Um, the lesson objectives today is um, to be able to more deeply understand the author's um, intent, okay? So we've been talking about that for the past uh, few weeks, Luke's intent, and we see it in Scripture. Does anybody remember where you can find Luke's intent when it comes to the Book of Acts and um, the Book of Luke? Where can you find it in Scripture?
2: The first uh, three or four verses of the Book of Luke.
0: Yes. He talks
2: about why he's writing.
0: Yes. Yep. Yep. Luke chapter one, verses one through four. Um, what about the Book of Acts? Where can we find Luke's purpose in the Book of Acts?
2: I want to say the first verses again. He talks about in my former volume, I did this, 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 and this.
0: Yep, yep. you 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 will be right. In uh, Acts chapter one, verses one through two, he talks about his purpose and in continuing his his story from from the the book of Luke. So that's something that we really wanna keep in mind is that Luke's intention is outright forth. He he tells it in his first volume and tells it again in his second volume on why he is writing this orderly account. Um, And so that's something that we um, uh, must keep in mind on what Luke is trying to achieve, okay? So we really don't have to speculate um, does anybody remember the audience that he is writing to? Greek. The Greek audience. Okay. I don't want Tracy to answer all these questions because Tracy has done a study <laughs> of Luke. So, someone else. Yeah, thank, yeah, thank you for your answer, but I want someone else to give me some answers. So, who? Who is Luke writing to? He addresses Theophilus. Theophilus. And what's the theory behind Theophilus? Or who is Theophilus? Or what? Or...
3: Um, In his definition of his name, we can determine that, because I can't remember right now, top of my head exactly, but it's his name could also mean like a group of them as well. So right. it could potentially not just be one person.
4: lovers of god or something
0: like that yes Yep. that's it tammy yep that is one theory that is written to uh, a group of uh god fears or god lovers uh tracy emphasized greek so they were greek um lovers of god and what's the other theory about theophilus
4: That it was a person,
0: he was a right. right, yeah, that it was an actual person. Then, oh, I thought I said that
3: outright. That was the first thing I thought I said. Okay, I thought I was misinterpreting something. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So, yeah, outright uh, just a person. Yeah, because one theory is there's a group of, of people, group of Greeks, uh, God-fearers or God-lovers, and the other theory is that it was actually somebody named Theophilus who actually funded Um, Luke's uh, trip to get this uh, orderly account back to him. So that's another theory as well. So that's, that's something that we keep in mind when we're talking about um, the, um, hist- uh, the original readers. Okay. So, um, that's something to, to keep in mind there. Um, the next thing that we will look at today is, uh, learning more about the biblical concept of kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is something that we hear all the time and that you may have in your experience, uh, your church experience, you may have heard this term, Um, But we're going to go into a deeper understanding or deeper meaning uh, what the Jews thought the kingdom of God was and what the scriptures are saying concerning the kingdom of God. And so as it pertains to living in the times, it falls under uh, two aspects. Okay, so when we're talking about the kingdom, you have one aspect, which is called the inaugural kingdom or the right now or the introduction to the kingdom or um, bringing the kingdom to to the earth. That's what Jesus did during his ministry. He brought the kingdom of God um, to the Jews uh, they were introduced uh, to that, um, how you can live under God's rule, reign, um, and dominion uh, while on earth. You don't have to be in a particular land um, to live under God's rule, reign, and dominion. Um, and That was what's going on in, in the Jews' mind, that they... The kingdom of god getting back to the kingdom was for them to go back to to jerusalem and um to have a messiah and to to live uh to live with god in in the land but jesus was um he came and he introduced this new concept of kingdom um that you can live under god's rule reign and dominion while being here on earth um, um and so that that's one aspect of the kingdom that was introduced during Jesus' ministry to the Jews. And now it's being introduced to the church um, after the day of Pentecost Pentecost in Acts two, okay? Um, The kingdom of God is being um, taught by Peter and then by Paul. You're gonna see more teachings on 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 the kingdom of God. And so, in um, the second um, aspect of the kingdom is the consummation kingdom, and we won't see the consummation kingdom until the end, the, the after the tribulation period. And so, remember, when it comes to uh, the consummation kingdom, the the Jews thought that they were in the time of tribulation, that in that they were entering into the kingdom. Okay. So the consummation or the fulfillment or the coronation uh, of the kingdom happens after, after tribulation. And so before tribulation, all of this is, um, is, uh, the inaugural kingdom. Um, and so we are still living in the time of the inaugural kingdom of living uh, living under God's rule reign and dominion here on in on earth. Okay. And so when it comes to, uh, let me go to the slide here. Uh, when it comes to the advancing the kingdom or understanding the kingdom of God, it is all about God's rule reign and dominion. Okay. We as believers, um, Will, will one day, or, well, let me say this, we as believers will hear the call to discipleship and we have a choice whether to answer that call to discipleship and to be trained. Those disciples will then begin to start evangelizing the world um, and bringing um, those who belong to God uh, uh, in, a, in a place where they can learn more about God and to help them to understand the call of discipleship. And so disciples, um, they edify the church through their gifts and through um through teachings. Um, we we are called to build up the church um in Ephesians, uh, build up, build the body. And so from from there, the believers um uh becoming they become disciples. And so it's the it's a it's the same cycle. Disciples grab believers, they they um help them to understand their call as being disciples. Um, and so then from there, they're trained in, in, um, in the word, they're trained um, in their gifts and things of that sort. And then they go out and they evangelize to the world, not not um, how we think of going door to door, but just our lives in general. Um, evangelize it should be a, a, a message of evangelism to to the world, just the way we carry our lives and those who are called by God. Um, We're here the call for to salvation okay um, And so as we, as we continue to, to lift up and glorify God through teaching and through, um, through edification, then He will draw men, He will draw the people to us for, for us to minister to and then we point them to God. And so um, and so that the cycle continues on and on. And so that is a part of the kingdom of God is to bring his people under the rule, reign and dominion of God. Okay. Any questions or comments about that? And so we're going to definitely talk about more of the kingdom of God and the concept, but that's just kind of a kind of just a quick overview of of it that we're going to talk about Um. Uh, let me see here, find my slide that I was on, here it is, okay, Um, and then the the last thing we're going to learn is learn more about the expectations for God's people who live between the times of Jesus' ascension and return, so um, the audience that we are dealing with here um, is uh, Jews who are coming out of the old covenant, now the focus is not on just the Jews, but the focus is now on the church, what makes up um, the Jewish church. And eventually the Gentile church makes up the complete, the complete church. Um, and so, um, and so we're looking at the uh, two, we're looking at the timeline between two events, Jesus's Ascension and then his return, okay? So in his return though, he um, he, he uh, uh, re- returns twice, uh, he comes down uh, in the rap from uh, during the rapture period. Uh, that event, even though he doesn't touch Earth, he meets us in in the sky. But he's coming down and he ca- he's calling his people up. And then the the second coming of uh, of Jesus Christ will be the glorious return that um, when we after tribulation and um, we are in the Father's house, we come back. To Earth with Jesus to rule in the millennium, and so that's um, that is the second coming, the second coming of, of Jesus Christ. So there are two returns. One is the rapture, um, in which He doesn't touch Earth, but He uh, meets us in the sky, and then the second will be the glorious return after we spend time in the Father's Father's house through um, through tribulation. We come back into rule, reign on earth with with uh with jesus okay and so um go ahead i just i just quickened violently that's all it, it it deserves a violent quickening <laughs> right there <laughs> yes and so um and so that's um when when we're talking about his return um that is uh something that we that you should keep in mind uh, of Jesus' first return of the rapture and then the second return after the tribulation, okay? All right, and so today we are, the lesson outline, of course, is chapter one. And chapter one was a very, uh, it's a very long chapter. So we'll probably break that up um, in two weeks. And so, um, so today we're gonna talk about the sovereignty of God and the kingdom of God uh, actually the sovereignty of God. And then next week we'll probably touch on the kingdom, the kingdom of God and the, the continuing reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. We might not touch on the suffering. Um, so if, when you're, when you're doing, when you're doing your reading, definitely take notes. Um, uh, especially if things, cause I'm not going to cover everything in this book. So it's your responsibility to do the reading. If you have any questions or comments, on um, things that I might not touch. Um, you definitely want to jot those things down and ask those questions in, in class and uh, maybe we can touch on them. But um, but we're gonna talk about the sovereignty of God. Next week we'll touch on the kingdom of God and the continuing reign. And we may touch on suffering, but um, it depends on how time goes. We might not touch touch on it, okay? So any questions or comments so far? All right. Good. All right. Let's go to the first slide here. It says at his ascension, the disciples asked him about the time uh, when he would restore the kingdom to Israel and his memorial. Um In his memorial response of uncertainty, he commanded them to be my witnesses. It turns out that this Q&A moment between Jesus and his disciples set the stage for the entire book of Acts, living between the time of his ascension to his return. Okay, so to the ascension and to the glorious return is all part of God's plan of salvation, um, let me see here. Oh, yep, I have that good. Um, so in Acts chapter one, uh verses nine through eleven, um we see it says that when he has said these things as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven and so right there we we get a clue in on uh, how Jesus left in a cloud he's going to come back in a cloud um, and so um, and so that, that right there lets us know what the what the rapture uh, will look like Jesus Christ coming down um, in a cloud meaning us in the air okay um, and so let's see here. So, uh, and during this moment here in chapter in chapter one is the moment of ascension. And so, um, as they were looking and gazing, does anybody remember how many disciples uh, were at this event watching Jesus leave the earth? If you read chapter one of Acts you can get an idea of how many disciples were present when Jesus uh, ascended to heaven. No answers. There were, um, according to Acts chapter 1, verse 15, there were 120 disciples present um, when Jesus ascended to heaven. And in that number there um, included Mary um, and included his family members as well, Um, his brothers, um, it says in, in that verse there. And that right there is something to really think about. Remember when Jesus started his ministry, his family did not believe that he was the Messiah. They thought that he was crazy. And it was a point where Jesus said, you know, um, who is my family? Who was my mother? Who was my father? But this is my family. He was pointing to the disciples and, um, and by the time that Jesus ascended into heaven, his family members um, believed that he was the Messiah and became disciples of Jesus Christ. So that right there is a is definitely a testimony in itself. His brothers, his brother James, who became a um, uh, one of the one of the uh, well known apostles. Uh, in the Jerusalem Church, you got Jude who wrote uh, the Book of Jude, and then there's another brother. I believe his name is Simeon um, of of Jesus, um, and so that that right there is definitely a testimony on on the on uh, family members um, becoming saved and working in ministry. Now you have them working as disciples, um, in ministry, um, one of another brother of his becomes, um, uh, becomes well known, um, in the Jerusalem church as well. And so they, uh, were one of the kind of the top, top people or the, uh, one of the top, uh, I guess, workers in the church, um, after Jesus ascension. Okay. So I just want to kind of just throw that point, that
3: point in- as from a, just from a, A normal angle here. I think that's interesting uh, because we we saw Jesus also before talk about his family and who is his family. (laughs) And these guys rose up after the fact. It was like that, like you said, that whole time they didn't believe. And Mm -hmm. then they still rose up, you know, which should tell us in the church, we don't have to have these elaborate you know, my son has to come in and do this. My son has to come and do this because I'm to the end. Like there will be, there's people that can be there. And then there are people that may not be right now, but they may rise up, you know, in God later on. So it, it really kind of helps us with a focus too, you know, as we're looking at this as well, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, Jesus didn't force them (laughs) to believe. Um, They believed um, after seeing his works and after seeing him in his obedience to the Father. That persuaded them um, to to believe that Jesus was the Messiah. We talked about I think was last week during our we were just leaving out. I think it was like me, you, Tammy, and Tracy were talking about how normal Jesus was he just lived a normal life he was this normal yeah. and um, and then it it would be hard for one that grew up with jesus uh would would think like he's a messiah like that's you know that's joseph's son you know and all that stuff uh, but in his through his obedience to God and the, the things that he, he did when it came to miracles and he died and he rose again and uh, appeared to them. Um, now that's out of the ordinary. <laughs> and right there would uh, definitely I believe that probably would have persuaded his family um, that he was the Messiah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, any other comments or points about about this uh, little chat here? All righty then. Uh, just wanted to kind of kind of bring that point out there. So uh, while Jesus was on Earth uh, in in this chapter one, he was on Earth for forty days, um, speaking of things of the of the kingdom. Um, and we see even until his last day on earth, um, he was speaking of the kingdom and we still get that same thing when we look at Paul's life, um, when it came to the end of his life or when he was, um, in prison in chapter 28 of Acts, he was still speaking and teaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God. Okay. And so that, that kind of gives us that, that mission or that mindset that, uh, our goal should be always to proclaim the kingdom of God, no matter what situation or circumstance that you may be in. Our goal should always be to proclaim um, the kingdom of God. And uh, um, as we look in this lesson here, we uh, want to keep the mindset uh, of, of Luke's intended purpose is to uh, show God's saving grace and also to, uh, show, uh, the kingdom of God. So remember on page 17, we talked about last week, the, the theological theme, uh, a framework, um, of, of the book of Acts is to show what the kingdom looks like now that Christ has ascended, um, into heaven and to, uh, emphasize, like I said, the saving purposes. Okay. So in your book, if you go to page twenty-nine, um, in the beginning of this this chapter here, I believe is twenty-nine, um, is the beginning of your of your chap uh, chapter one, um, and living between the times, of the kingdom of God. Uh, let's read this first paragraph. It says, "We have seen that Luke primarily wrote Acts to provide assurance to um, to his readers uh, concerning the purposes." and the plan of God. This, in addition uh, to the likelihood that he is aiming to highlight the continuing story, okay, of the fulfillment of God's promises for his people, indicates that we should primarily look, uh, primary, what uh, we should look primarily for what Luke is saying about God and his purposes in Luke, um, and how this may provide reassurance for the readers. So, uh, the continuing story. That's something that we really want to keep in mind. Um, it's God's continuing story of, of, of salvation, um, his plan of salvation. Okay. Um, and so when we're looking at God's plan of salvation, um, in context, it is told to, through, for, and by the Jews. Okay. Um, and so, um, there's no point in scripture that kind of, uh, veers off of that is always um, the the ones who are first, of course, is the Jews, and so the story of God's salvation is told through through the uh, Jewish perspective. Okay, and so um, that's something to to really keep keep in mind here when we're looking at um, God's plan of salvation, how it started, and now we're coming into that point of transitioning um, to opening the door of salvation to, 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 uh, the Gentiles as well. Okay. Um, so, uh, Luke right now in his, uh, mission, he is writing about the first 30 years of, of the apostolic period. Um, and, um, uh, the apostolic period took over, uh, it was 70 years, but Luke is writing about 30 years um, during this time here. And if we ever wanted to go even further and to learn about the political, the um, economic, the social um, uh, conditions that were going on during that time, we would definitely look at outside resources such as like uh, Philo or Josephus. I'm sorry, not Philo, but Josephus. He gives us um, a background on uh, what, went on during that time and also another author. Um, his name is Hegesippus. So if we want to learn about what affected um the the writings of, of this time and the the uh conditions that were going on um during this time. Like I said, it's always good to look at historical content because it will help you to understand the context of scripture. Okay, so I just wanted to kind of throw throw that point in there. Um, and so, um, going back to page 29, uh, picking up, it says, thus the reader will continue this, the discussion of the last chapter by focusing what Luke says about the outworkings of God's purpose with the treatment of the sovereignty of God, the kingdom of God, the reign of Christ and the spread of the word in the midst of opposition. We will see that Luke is drawing attention to the continued outworking of God's saving purpose, specifically in the inaugurated kingdom of God through the reign of the Lord Jesus. It is within this framework that Luke wants his readers to see his account of the unstoppable spread of the word and and the strengthening of local churches in the midst of persecution, and opposition. Okay, so when it came to the fact of uh, Jews wanting someone to save them, what did the Jews or who did the Jews have in mind for for them for for them to be saved? Who did they want to save them? That's a question. Who did they want for for uh, to save them?
3: I'm not. I'm not sure. I understand the question. I feel like it's a trick question or something, so I might be analyzing it wrong. <laughs> uh,
0: so the Jews uh, were in a state, like I said, uh, they they wanted to to be saved and they wanted to reestablish the kingdom. Who were they looking for to do that?
3: They were looking for God to do it, but they were looking for a king, like a military type king, though, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. You hit it right on right on the head. It was oh, looking okay. <laughs> they I'm was, like oh. <laughs> right. so they were looking for God to save them through a messiah. And that messiah looked like uh, like you said, a military person. Um uh they had two two thoughts of the messiah that that messiah had to be a military um uh, person and also um like you said, a king or a priestly a priestly role, um, a monarchy role, I should say, um, not priestly but monarchy role um, of being a king as well. And so that's something that um, we we definitely should should keep in mind that they look for the Messiah to be someone like Moses. Okay, how God worked behind the scenes through Moses and came into and brought them out of the land of Egypt and brought them into the promised land. They were looking for, for someone like that, okay? Um, and so they had no problem that Jesus saying that he was the Messiah. The problem that they had was that Jesus saying that he was God. <laughs> That's the problem they had. He said in, his, um, in, uh, in the scripture, in the book of John, he said, I and the father are one. And they're like what and so um and so that's that's one thing that that uh, that the jews really had a problem with uh, when it came when it came to jesus um they were looking for this political figure this another moses to lead them out they didn't expect for this messiah to claim that he was god
3: okay and this is why and and this is my thought when you said that that whole thought of even calling him the son of God Mm -hmm. Uh, and when when they when a Jew would even declare like he really is the son of God like that was big for them because they came out of what was traditionally thought and taught and acknowledged him you know what I mean as being one with God that's serious you know what I mean
0: so yeah definitely definitely yep um Yep, that's good. So let's let's go here real quick. This kind of leads us into our, our next kind of question here. Um, when we're talking about um, Jesus being the Son of God, and um, it says by sovereignty, the Bible is declaring that as Creator, God has um, God has no peers. Well, then who is Jesus? Is Jesus God's peer? <laughs> or 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 how can what what can we what can we say about jesus where how can we put him where do we place jesus <laughs> is he is he god's peer is he is, he
3: is god uh-huh he's not a uh a, a you know a, a second cousin or a a brother you know what i mean like he is God. So who, who God is, Christ is.
0: But well, he claims to be the son when that put him kind of subordinate to God.
3: Right. But when I was researching that term,
0: that, mm-hmm. that
3: term didn't. Well, I guess I can see how that thought will come because it made him equal with God in uh-huh. that term of the term that was used. But I thought in their thinking of it being equal to God, it made him with God or be God. And that was also a big problem with them, I thought, in that terminology of using the word in son of God.
0: Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, anybody else wanna give their thoughts about that? Just a question I'm throwing out there for for combo' sake.
2: Yeah, I think son can mean of whatever you're referring to i'm a son of something or a daughter of something Mm
5: -hmm.
2: so i don't i don't think it meant he was separate from god but he is of god
0: that's all i'm trying i want y'all to to think like okay if he's saying that he is the son of god does that make jesus subordinate to god
6: Could it be because um, he came through uh, the woman, Mary?
2: Mm
6: -hmm. Um, Meaning he came through as a babe. Um, I don't know, I I don't know. I was trying to put it into words, but
7: it's not working. Okay. I go. I'm going to. Uh, I was right there where Latoya was, <laughs> okay. and um, um, in that um, understanding that the Holy Ghost, you know, Holy Spirit uh, overshadowed Mary, and understanding what Son. Where where sons come from, or how, and, and it was the it's the DNA. It is the core of that person. It's the seed of the person. Mm-hmm. So uh, when he said that he, you know, when he said that he is the son of God, not it's not the son in the way that we look at it as being subordinate or insubordinate or greater than or lesser than. He derives he derived from God. He is God himself, if you will. Uh, put himself, seated himself into, in a way of the spirit, into Mary that makes him not lesser than and not even greater than, but make him him uh, in the person or in, in the flesh thereof.
0: Okay. 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 Uh, Dale, your hand is up.
3: Yes, ma'am. <clears throat> I will say um, normally when we think of us being kids of our parents, Normally, that's like an extension mm-hmm. of being you know, of our parent. So I would say Jesus is, is an extension of God.
0: Okay.
3: He, I mean, that's still being a part. That's almost like being an extremity. A hand is an extension of the body, so it's still part of the body. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's he's saying that he's an extension, almost like an arm, and he was being. Almost being reached out or being let out to the people, basically, oh. almost okay, is the way I kind of see it.
0: Okay, okay, you better um, preach, Dale. You better preach. Okay, I see, I see. Um, Tammy, go ahead.
4: Um, Jesus is God in a different form. Okay, I uh, just like water can exist with, as steam or ice or water. Um, it's God in a different form. So I guess the son of God would be saying like, it's God existing as, in a different form. Um,
0: that's what I am. Okay, okay. Anybody else?
8: Wanna I got me? something. To that. I got right. something. Okay. So um, I kind of agree with a, a lot of what a lot of people have said, but I, I think I feel also that Jesus, um, him being the son, you know, there is a, there is a, like a hierarchy in that, like God is the father and he is the son. He is an extension of God. He is, um uh, like Tammy said, like a, um, God in, you know, another form as well. But I think, For me, I go back to when um, Jesus was on the mount and he was praying to God and Mm -hmm. he was asking God, will you please take this cup from me? But God told him that this was the assignment that he had already anyway. And he and he had to be obedient to. To the assignment God put on him as the son of God, you know, so to me, it seems like, you know, there is a. There is a, you know, a, a sonship, if you will. You know, God is the Father and He is the Son. That's kind of how I see it.
0: Okay. Okay. Anybody else want to chime in? Now, was, your question was. Yeah,
2: Lindsay, I think you brought me back, back to the, the beginning, like, um, which I believe was Dale's point that, um, and uh, Toya's point that. In his humanity, he was a son of God. So, in his humanity, he was modeling um, obedience to God. Um, so, I, I think your point about the the scene in the garden is bringing me back to that kind of thinking. That you know, in his humanity, he was um, serving God and obedient to God.
3: So in your question, you asked about does this make Jesus subordinate to God or whatnot? And I think that's the part to where, when I was trying to conclude that Jesus, and and I think the Jews' biggest argument was, was he making himself equal with God on Mm -hmm. God's level or God's rank? Because these are the same people that also saw the heaven opening and God said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. You get what I'm saying? So I think that was the, the biggest struggle is that he was just equal with God and Jesus was making himself on God's level. And I think we know where Christ was coming from that, but I'm not quite sure. Well, not even that. At the end of the day, because he is God, he was equal with God because he was God he is God so it's not about him being greater or
0: lesser because he is okay okay um let's see here oh I have some more hands here let's see Trish go ahead and then uh uh, Sharon and then Renee so Trish go ahead
5: okay um I was kind of thinking on the same level, real close to what uh, Lindsay was saying, um, but the way I can explain it, or the way I want to explain it, is uh, the, when you hear son, mm-hmm. um, that's a difference. And even though they are one, it makes me believe you know, that uh, the Lord takes him to another level, to say, I am God and you are my son. So it doesn't make them um, the same, on the same level at the time, um, although they are one. So it kinda, to me, it's like you have God and you have Jesus and it kinda, you know, just wants us to, you know, understand um, where he's taking us uh, in regards to him being, you know, the head, but then you have the son and the head is leading the son, so okay. to speak and telling him like what to do, you mm-hmm. know? So it's like that hierarchy that Lindsay was talking about, but there's they are still one, if that makes sense.
0: Okay, 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 good, good. Okay, Sharon, go ahead.
9: I, um, I'm kind of happy that you addressed this question because I remember as a kid being kind of confused with this, um, just being an overthinker. It's like, um, if the father and the son are one, like, is like, who's in control (laughs) so much, you know what I mean? Like, okay. Um, but as a kid, you can just kind of accept it. It's like, you know, um, like it is what it is, okay. God is Jesus. Jesus is God, you know. But you, it it does make you question who who is who. Like I remember as a kid thinking, okay, is there three people? You got the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You know, it's just it's. So I'm really happy that you addressed this question. Um, but just thinking to the different points of views that were um, addressed, I think. Um, and just in my thinking that um, um, there was an extension of, you know, you have the same um, power and the same, um, but there's Jesus, just an extension of the father. But I'm I'm really curious to see what your answer is. <laughs> so
1: I'm waiting on that. All right. All right. All right. All right. Uh, Renee, go ahead. Okay, um I'm in agreement <laughs> just about with everybody. I am thinking that as um, G- God, the Father, and the Holy Ghost are all one, but when God sent himself in human form as Jesus Christ, and this is kind of a question. Um, this enabled him to walk on the earth as man Mm -hmm. and when he was on the earth even though he was able to perform all the miracles and everything he wasn't he limited because he could only be at one place at one time where God is everywhere and so that's in my opinion why God was able to instruct him Um, so he had to have a slightly lower rate and Mm -hmm. God left, um, to go back into heaven so that he could leave the Holy spirit to dwell within everybody. So everyone, I guess, all believers. So that was, if he would have stayed here, he could only be in certain places at certain times because he was in human form. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's kind of how I'm looking at um, if people think he's a peer or a subordinate. He was limited as a human, even though he was God. Um, God had to instruct him. And then when he left, then that, that gave everybody an opportunity, whether you're, you know, here in the United States or down here in Florida versus Cincinnati or anywhere. God dwells within all of us through the Holy Spirit.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you. Uh, and, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, go ahead. Uh, go
2: ahead. Is it, I think it's in one of the Peters, um, that phrase of, you know, God, you know, Jesus did not believe that equality with God was something not to be grasped, but he emptied himself. That's um, the scripture that I'm looking at. It's in Philippians, I think. That's what?
1: Philippians, yeah. yeah. Philippians, too. Yeah, so, uh, guys, yeah. That's so, yeah. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, the, I, uh, yeah, guys, so,
0: heading towards that direction, and I really wanted somebody to give me some scripture because we got all these theories in mind what we think, but I wanted to push you all even yes. first, To give me some scripture. And that was one of my scriptures. Uh, You said Philippians. Someone go ahead and read it. Philippians
4: 2. Uh huh. Starting at verse 6, it says, Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on the cross.
0: Yes. And so I think everyone was pretty much saying that how he was a uh, God extended himself or Jesus was an extension of himself, but I want for you guys to start qualifying your answers with scripture. And that is one good scripture right there that he emptied himself of of his power, of power and sovereignty, he of of his his sovereignty, he emptied that out and became subordinate. He became uh, uh, subject to God. And like Renee was saying, he 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 was limited on earth. And there were certain things that he could do. And there's certain things that he could not do. But at the same time, he was God. But in the earthly form, he had his limitations. Okay. So I think everyone was pointing towards that in their responses. I love the fact that everyone had the same, everybody was under the same umbrella, but they had different responses. But I want to push you all to start qualifying your answers with scripture. And another scripture that I want for you all to consider, we talked about this one in Bible classes that uh, when, when Paul was talking about Jesus, he said, he is the image of the invisible God. So there, right there, shows us that Jesus is God, the firstborn of all creation, okay? Um, and um, for all things were created in heaven and earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones of dominions, rules and authorities, all things were created through him and for him. So so that's something also, another scripture that we can use to qualify our statement as Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit being being as one, there are more scriptures, but I, those, these are the scriptures that I kind of just pulled out there. So, you guys did good. It was not a trick question. <laughs> I just uh, wanted to see where you guys were um, as far as your thinking. So, everybody's kind of on that same path, but now to qualify your statements with scripture, um, we'll definitely look at more scripture uh, to kind of qualify the answer even more. But, uh, you guys are on the right path. So, you guys should feel, you know, give God glory for that one. <laughs> give God glory for that one. Um, and I think there was another scripture that, um, that one, the one that I wanted to use uh, is as far as how the Jews view God, um, that, um, that the Jews view God as the Lord being one. They knew nothing about uh, the, the son or, or the Holy spirit. Um, but if because that was revelation that God did not give them at that time, they got the revelation of, of, um, of uh, Jesus, uh, uh, as God as Jesus, the Christ um, in the in the uh, in the New Testament kind of further further along. And of course, the Holy Spirit. Um, you get a re- uh, revelation about that in the, the New Testament scriptures as well. And so the Jews were at a place where they didn't know that God uh, expressed himself um, in, in uh, there were two other Godheads that, ex- that existed during that time God God uh, the Son and then God the Holy Spirit, okay um, And so when Jesus came and says, the, the Father and I are one. That's more, that's adding, now you're, now you're getting more revelation. Jesus is giving more revelation. Like, okay, the Lord is one, but I'm going to tell you right now, the father and I are one as well. So you see how, how revelation is being built uh, throughout scripture there. And so that's something to really keep in mind. Um, The Jews could not understand or could not fathom. um, It wasn't, uh, I guess, good for them at that moment. To understand as Jesus as uh, God being um, uh, expressed in, in uh, three Godheads, because then they will think that to be polytheism, and that was abhorrent and blasphemous polytheism. So because they prided themselves um, as being a um, having being a religion that only has one God. Okay, and so that's something to. Uh, To really keep in mind, too, that the Jews only had limited understanding about God. But as time goes on, you see God begins to reveal himself even more. And he expressed himself and um, he allowed the the second Godhead to be uh, to be birthed or to to be revealed in Scripture. And that's his that's the son. And then the son revealed the third Godhead, which is the Holy Spirit. And so um, so definitely, um, so yeah, that's something that, you know, we just wanna keep building on as far as just our understanding of the Trinity, um, for God being the triune God and, and things of like that. So um, I pray that that little exercise there was kind of a, a blessing uh, for you all to, to kind of, you hear it all the time, but now, uh we are being pushed as disciples to build upon that and to start qualifying your answer okay um go ahead so but holy
4: spirit like and the jews did acknowledge holy Holy spirit as ruach or
0: however you say that no but they did not have an understanding of the holy spirit though they didn't as far as it was the breath of Holy spirit operates in new in the new covenant Right. Yeah. Yeah. He operates in the in the in the new covenant. But remember that the Jews, the Jews did not have New Testament scriptures right. and they still don't today. And so they don't have an understanding of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So. uh So, yeah, that's something. So when we see the breath of God and things of that sort, they just took it as the breath of God, they didn't see it, like, we see it, like, oh, that was the Holy Spirit in creation, like, they didn't have that, that understanding yet, (laughs) yeah, so let me cover one more thing, Um, yeah, let me cover one more thing, I got, we got, like, two minutes, but let me cover this real quick, okay, about the sovereignty of God, Um, uh, let me see here, no, actually, I'm still on this slide here, geez, hold on, not that one, but but that one. Okay. Um, and so, as we see, like I was saying, how um, Revelation is cumulative and is 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 being built. David had an understanding of, of 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 God is the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell dwell therein. And so they he had a um, limited understanding of of God um, he had limited revelation of who God was okay but then when we look in the in the book of John we see that not only um not only the uh, the earth belongs to the Lord but the earth belongs to Jesus as well um in the beginning was the word the word was with God the word was with, uh was God and in, in in him you know and then he begins to talk about how Jesus is one of uh, the creators okay and so that is another uh, that is another, um, uh, aspect as we see, um, in, in scripture, like you will see, uh, when it comes to certain, when it comes to a lot of things in scripture, you will see, uh, for instance, like for creation, we see that God was the creator, but then you'll see in scripture that says Jesus was the creator. And then you'll see in another place that says the Holy spirit was the creator. Okay. And so, um, and so one thing that we will learn as we continue to build and to grow our capacity, especially when we get to the point of having a class called the Biblical Teachers of the Holy Spirit, we will see that one, if, if one Godhead is present, assume that all, all three are present. And so in the creation, we see God in the beginning of times, but assume that all three of them were uh, existing during that time there. When it comes to Jesus' death, um, there's scripture that says that God raised him from the dead. Other scripture that says the Holy Spirit raised him from the dead. You'll see all three present um, in scripture somehow. Um, that, that that's um, when we get deeper in the triune of God, you'll see all um, three Godheads um, expressing themselves um, with the same with the same event, but you see it in different places in scripture that that kind of talks about that. Um, and so um, a, here in the slide, it says, in the end, God was depicted as being the sovereign God. As sovereign God, he has put his purpose and plan of salvation in place before the foundation of the world. Could it be that Luke intended to tell the story of God's continuous plan of salvation through his people, Israel first, and ultimately uh, through, through, uh, through his church? And so um, his sovereignty topic um, is brought up in the light of salvation. OK, um, and so when we begin now, we're going to be looking at um, not this week because we, we're, we're way over time now. We're going to be looking at the sovereign, the sovereignty of God and looking at um, some some scriptures that really um, uh, express his 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 sovereignty. OK, so I, I'm going to stop right here because I don't want to um, jump and uh, start start a new topic as far as his sovereignty. But uh, I think we had a really good discussion as far as understanding the tr- the triune God and understanding the, the lordship and things of that sort. So are there any questions or comments um, about anything that we talked or anything that you
6: read? I put it in the chat, but I just wanted to take a moment and just praise God for his sovereignty. I just think it's so amazing that guy basically gave up of himself he -hmm. basically the mission to himself and i i just think of the words uh pastor uses god is a bad god because he you know what i'm saying like it just goes to show how awesome he is Mm -hmm. uh, that he did that for himself uh, or to himself so that to to save us
0: yeah Mm -hmm. to save
6: people to to better reveal himself to people because it's like we just weren't getting it. And so like you said, it was just progressive, his progressive nature. Um that just really makes him just amazing. Like, and when it talks about worshiping God in spirit and in truth, like now we can, you know, dive deeper um in our worship and our obedience to God because we know we are learning who he really is.
0: Yep. Yep. Thank you for that. I totally, totally agree with that. Um, Anybody else have any comments or or, um, questions? Okay. I know, as you see, we didn't really get that far in the reading. We kind of got to to the introductory part of chapter one. Uh, We didn't really talk about the sovereignty of God, but we're going to definitely hit on that and then we'll talk about the kingdom of God. So I might have to make this a set of two parts, maybe three, so we'll see um, how how that goes there. Um, But if there are any other comments or questions, I'll go ahead and pray out here. Um, Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you, oh God, that we can come together and to uh, discuss and to to praise you, Father. Uh, Thank you, oh God, for your divinity just being uh, a holy and righteous God that you are. Thank you, O God, for uh, you expressing yourself um, through um, the Godhead, um, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, Father. For there are many of those who claim to be the Son. There were many that claim to be the Holy Spirit. But we we have the faith, and we believe that um, we are serving the true uh, Elohim uh, we, are, we are serving uh, the true Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, and we're uh, serving uh, uh, God, the Holy Spirit. And so, God, we thank you. Um, that your illum- that for your illumination for us to understand how everything fits into play, Father, and that as we continue to build, as we continue to grow, Father, um, you will give us the understanding. So I pray, God, in our study time, that we won't. Um, feel discouraged or feel weary, God, uh, but God, you shall strengthen us, God, um, uh, in, our, in our good works and things that we do, God, um, to, to know more about you, Father. So, God, I, I pray for those who are online and those who couldn't make it, and I pray that we continue to um, be uh, students of your word. So, God, we give you all the praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all, and um, I'll see you all next week.
1: Wonderful class. Everybody have a blessed week. Thank you.
9: You too.
8: Thank you.